Welcome back to another episode of Not Your Average BS. Um, I think today, Brendy and I really wanted to press pause on our regular scheduled content that we are going to put out because of all of the craziness and all of the injustice that is happening in the world today. And it felt really wrong to just sit here and post another episode, um, you know, of us just talking about, you know, pop culture and trending topics and not that that stuff isn't fun and important. And what we have for, you know, in the coming weeks is important topics. But right now it felt really, really important to us to talk about what is happening in this country, what we can do, what we are doing, um, and basically just breaking down our thoughts and our feelings on everything that's happening right now. Um, and especially being that we're in the midst of a pandemic, I feel like everyone's feelings and emotions are super heightened right now. Um, and so we really wanted to come here and provide basically kind of a safe space where you could come collect your own thoughts. And then at the end of this episode, when you're saying, Brandy and Shannon, this is a lot, like what can we even do next? We really wanted to plug in some resources for you all to donate to, to share on your social media feeds, to educate yourself on, to start the tough conversations, you know, in your home, in your workplace, at school. So it was really very important to us to stop, not post the episode that we had planned to today and really start a conversation that's much bigger and extremely important. And it's really sad that in 2020, we're still having to have these conversations. And I mean, that's really all I have to say about it. To be perfectly honest, I could probably give a 30 minute introduction on why I wish we never had to talk about this. But the simple fact is, is that if we keep not talking about it, this keeps happening. And so we really just wanted to dive deep into what's been going on and what we can do basically, and what you all can do as well. Definitely. And kind of just to echo Shannon's sentiments, it's really ridiculous, like she said, that it is 2020 and we are still having these conversations. My grandmother, my great aunt, my great grandmother marched with Dr. Martin Luther King in his March on Washington. And that's really just within a few generations that that's happened. And we're still having to fight for equal rights. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's disgusting how this country treats black people. It is disgusting that people don't realize that there is a problem in this country. And it is disgusting that people think it is acceptable to say all lives matter when black lives clearly don't. So with that being said, we're going to jump right into what has happened. And today we're mainly focusing on the George Floyd case because it is the most recent, but also we're also going to mention some of the other cases that have happened in the past couple weeks. I think there've been, there's just been so many just in these past few weeks and in this, in 2020 as a whole. So with George Floyd, um, basically last week on May 25th, um, George Floyd, he's a black man and he was trying to buy some cigarettes from a grocery store in Minneapolis. And essentially the employee there thought he was trying to use, um, like a forged $20 bill, a fake $20 bill. So he, you know, reported it, called the cops, et cetera. Basically what ended up happening was four cops showed up. Um, they, they had him outside. Um, also there's a video on this, but you know, we're going to talk about that later. And he, 
the main officer, Derek Chauvin, he's white. He had his knee on George Floyd's neck for nearly nine minutes, even after he did not have a pulse. When he was unresponsive, he continued having his knee on his neck for another nearly three minutes, um, which is absolutely ridiculous that this happened all over an alleged forged $20 bill. Um, that That's not a reason to kill someone. It's also ridiculous that he is currently being held and charged with third degree murder, which means that, you know, it was completely unintentional. It was completely, it was not premeditated in any way. Um, And I think it's really interesting that, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with the news, but actually, um, so the officer, Derek Chauvin and George Floyd actually used to work at the same uh, bar club together. It seems like some, it seems like a kind of restaurant or like club nights kind of vibe. Um, and the owner actually spoke to the fact that um, Derek Chauvin seemed pretty uncomfortable with black people. Seemed like he was pretty uncomfortable on their urban nights. He was more likely to use his pepper spray on them in comparison to other nights. And these two men, George Floyd and Derek Chauvin, have both worked at the same place for 17 years. And that's not to say that, you know, like they work together all the time. They were often there on different schedules. So like, that's understandable. But what you're not about to do is sit here and tell me that that was premeditated or that that it wasn't premeditated when they have known each other for nearly two decades. And he already has a history of having problems with black people, especially black men. So that's the case at hand. There is a video that is being circulated. And I just want to sit here and say for a second to stop circulating images of black people being murdered. It's traumatizing to me as a black woman to constantly see that on my timeline. I don't want to see that. And it shouldn't take you seeing a video of someone of my community getting brutally murdered for you to understand that there's a problem in this country, because that's not what it, it, that's not what it takes. You just need to educate yourself otherwise. And I I just don't want to see that on my timeline. Okay. So literally stop sharing it. There are other ways to honor him. There are other ways to understand what's happening. Like just read the news, read about the case. Like don't just share pictures and videos of him getting murdered. I think too, to that effect, like you would just never do that for another person. Like you know, when someone in your family dies and so on and so forth, like you wouldn't just post a picture of their dead body. You wouldn't post a video of them being murdered or, you know, in the last moments of their life screaming, I can't breathe. You wouldn't post that. So to echo Brendy's thought, obviously it's extremely traumatizing for Brendy and the black community in general. So if you wouldn't do it for yourself, if you wouldn't want a video of yourself circulating the internet of you dying, then what makes it okay for you to continually post something that's very triggering and very traumatizing for people to watch, especially black people? Definitely. And within over the weekend and really over the past several days, there have been a lot of protests that have broken out across the country, which good. I think it's necessary because clearly people aren't listening. Um, So there's been protests across even the state of North Carolina and um, across the nation. And I've noticed that some people really don't understand. They're like, well, why is this all happening? Like, why is there a protest in Florida if he was murdered in Minneapolis? Why is there a protest in North Carolina if he was, you know, murdered in the Midwest? And to that, 
you have to realize that it's at this point, it's bigger than George Floyd. Yes, we want those four cops charged appropriately. Yes, we want them arrested. But there is a trend in this country that black lives don't matter and that black lives can be taken on the streets at the hands of police and people aren't going to do anything. It's not just George Floyd. It's Breonna Taylor. It's Ahmaud Arbery. It's Trayvon Martin. It's Eric Garner. It's Tamir Rice. It's Sandra Bland and so many countless others that have died at the hands of police. And more often than not, nothing happens to these officers. In one example, looking at Trayvon Martin's case, which happened eight years ago, um, George Zimmerman, he wasn't a cop. He was a wannabe cop um, that did his neighborhood patrol. And the fact that there's people like him who are still able to walk free, who are able to auction off the gun he used to shoot and kill Trayvon Martin, that's unacceptable. That's, un that's absolutely unacceptable that that is the reality in this country. And... Let me just say also that you need to stop relying on people like me and people who look like me to do the work of cha making a change in this country because we're tired and we've already tried to do this for several years now, for centuries now. So the ball is in your court, white people. It, the ball is in your court to help dismantle white supremacy because it is, that's not our job. We didn't create white supremacy. We, that's not our job. So you guys need to do the work. Stop. And I get it. I get, you know, asking, you know, a black person, what can I do? What can I do to help you? And there, it's one thing to ask, what can I do to help you? And another thing to say, what can I do to support you? And that's, that's mm. something key to understand. Mm. So if you text me and say, what can I do to support you? I'm going to direct you to my favorite organizations, you know? If you say, what can I do to help or feel like, oh, like there's so much happening, like I don't know what to do as a white person, there are so many resources that we're going to list at the end, but there's podcasts, there's books, there's documentaries, there's shows, there's literally so many things to help you be educated, to help you understand the black experience, to help you understand black history. So don't just be like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. So much is going on because there's literally hundreds, probably thousands of resources at your disposal that you just have to seek out on your own. And I think one good resource and to speak to Brendy's point, I will say 100% that I have been guilty before of, you know, asking a black person, what can I do? And then Brendy really opened my eyes to the changing in the narrative of saying, what can I do to support you? And I think that that's a much better way to approach um, a situation where you wanted to educate yourself because no one's going to want, no one's going to fault you for wanting to learn and asking the tough questions and asking, but it can be, it, it probably is just like no one wants to carry that weight and you, a black person being asked time and time again, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? it puts the weight all on them when really it is on us. It is on us white people to dismantle white supremacy. So asking black people, what can we do? That's not fair to them. That's not fair to them at all because we created this hundreds of years ago and it's still very much alive in 2020. And so to ask them, what can we do? Nah, nope starts with us. Sorry. If you don't like what we're saying, then you probably shouldn't really follow our podcast to begin with. I mean, that's on period. Like, I'm sorry, that might be aggressive. You might not want to hear that, but like, it, it, this is just, we're not going to stand for it. And being that Brendy is black and I am white, it is extremely important to me that I support Brendy and the black community in any way that I can. 
and asking Brendy or other black people time and time again, what can I do? Like, yes, that's that they probably see that as sincere and they probably are like, oh yeah, like she genuinely wants to know, but that's a lot. That's a lot of weight to carry on your shoulders when literally you have to worry every time you walk out of the door, am I even going to make it home? So I just like, I just really want to echo that thought where it's like, it's one thing to say like, what can we do and what can I do to support you? Also, Google exists for a reason. You're out here on Amazon at two o'clock in the morning shopping for some stupid stuff. Sit there and educate yourself. A really good place to start, in my opinion, is the book White Fragility. I just recently bought it, literally got through it in like two seconds. Basically, it's a pretty short read. It's, you know, pre pretty easily readable. And it really breaks down the conversation of why white people are uncomfortable talking about racism and why we should not be uncomfortable talking about racism. Um, and so like Brendy said, when you talk to black people and when you're finding ways, you know, to support the black community, just make sure that you're also being sensitive, make sure that you're being mindful. Um, and also the internet exists for a reason. Everybody listening to this probably has a smartphone type in Safari, type in, type in Google Chrome. How can I support black lives? You'll be, you'll get a hundred resources. We're going to list a hundred. We just gave you a book. There are hundreds of other books that you can read. You know, it's not up to our black counterparts to do the work for us. Exactly. And with that being said too, I kind of did want to talk about the protests that are happening a little bit further. Um, so <laughs> I know that people have a variety of opinions about protests. I've seen a lot of people using memes of Dr. King saying never, never protested, like never was nonviolent, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just going to be candid, but Dr. King he has done some great work, but he is not the emperor of all Negroes. So stop calling on him when you don't like what's happening. Stop using his nonviolence approach to say, why aren't you guys being like him? Okay. Because that's, that's not appropriate. Not every person desires to be like Dr. Dr. King. Not every person has a nonviolence mentality. And do I think it's beneficial? Yes. Do I think that people should be out here breaking into small businesses? Absolutely not. Do I think that people breaking into Target? Do I think that people burning cop cars? Do I think that's warranted? Yes, because black people are tired of this country not listening to us. And instead of being concerned about the riots that are happening and these th this property that's being affected, why aren't you more concerned about the black life that was lost? Why are you more concerned about what Target is selling? A billion-dollar company, they're going to be just fine. You know who's not fine? George Floyd's family, Breonna Taylor's family, because they lost a family member to the hands of police violence. So stop worrying about what people are doing in the streets. And again, I'm not saying that people should be, you know, burning down black businesses and burning down small businesses. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying you have to understand the time that we are in. You have to understand that I literally said three generations prior, my great grandmother literally walked in the front lines with Dr. Martin Luther King on Washington for his I Have a Dream speech because that's how much it means to my family. I come from a, a long line of people. I come from slaves. I, my ancestors came to this country on ships, okay? So don't even 
try to to say, well, you know, maybe you should protest this way. Maybe you should maybe you should do this this instead because that's that's not your right to tell me as a black person or any member of my community how we should protest, how we should be upset with what's going on. And let me also say if you really look into what's going on, there have been a lot of protests across the country where they have been peaceful until a police presence has shown up. So just be mindful of that. Do your research. Talk to people who are actually there. Don't just, you know, look at what the police department is putting out. Look at the firsthand accounts of people who are actually there, people who actually got tear gas, people who actually got things thrown at them before you're so quick to judge why and how and which way people are protesting. And with that being said, too, we've tried nonviolent protests. We've tried it for years, for years and years and years. Y'all had so much to say. And when I say y'all, I mean people who had a problem with this, not all white people, okay? So don't come <laughs> at me. Um, y'all had such a big problem with Colin Kaepernick's protest, with his kneeling, which, mind you, a veteran of this country told him to kneel instead of sit. But y'all want to leave that out of the narrative. So we can't protest peacefully and we can't protest violently. So what can we do? What can we do to get our voice heard in this country? And why do you feel the need to express to us which way you think we should go about it? I literally have nothing to say. Like, I don't. Like, I tr- like I really just don't because I, I agree with everything that you just said. And it's just really... I don't know. I would also say that to be mindful of your media consumption during this time, um, because certain news outlets love to, you know, only show one side of the story. Um, they only like to show people, you know, like breaking into these places and, you know, taking things and whatnot, but they don't want to show the peaceful protest or they don't want to show interviews of people who are angry and sad and want to change in this country. So I would definitely say that, you know, if you're a watcher of the news, um, which you should be, you should be educated and informed during this time and you should know what's happening in your country. Um, but I think it's also really important whenever you're quick to judge and you're quick to say something and the Karens of Facebook want to pop off saying like, oh my God, like this isn't doing anything like blah, blah, blah. Like you're only seeing one side of the story. Have you even reached out to your black counterparts to see how they're feeling and processing during this time? Cause that's really important too. You like check on your black people. Okay. Because that's really important during this time as well. But also whenever you're scrolling your social media feeds or whenever you're turning on, you know, Fox news, CNN, whatever other news outlet exists out there, make sure that you're getting a well-rounded view of this situation and not just one side because the one side is going to continue this narrative that you know it's looting and it's rioting and like the cities are all burning and this is gotham like you know like it's disgusting like open your eyes i think that's like if there's one thing that i could say throughout all this podcast is really just to like open your eyes and seek in this information like it's, it's very important and it's vital to the work that we are trying to do in terms of dismantling racism and finding out what we can do so that injustice no longer exists in this country. And before we start talking about kind of checking on people and things like that, the last thing I wanted to say about like protests, riots, looting, etc., 
like Shannon said, you know, be mindful of the news that you're consuming and also be like, realize that there are like people who are going to go off and do things on their own. There's people coming to protest from different cities, from some even different states that just want to cause destruction, who want to live out their Joker fantasy and just cause issues. But let me say this. So in Greensboro, a few, a few nights ago, there was a protest and someone threw something at the window of the International Civil Rights Museum. There have been different people say, oh, it was white people, oh, it was black people. But let me sit here and tell you guys, first of all, if you don't know, um, inside the International Civil Rights Museum is the original Woolworths counter where the sit-ins started. Um, they, it was started by some students at NCANT, and which is right down the road. And the, it's the original preserved Woolworths lunch counter where they sat and, you know, demanded that they would, they would be served. So no person, I'm telling you right now, no person from the community of Greensboro that is black is going to throw anything at one of the most preserved, historic protected places in the city of Greensboro. No person who has been to the Civil Rights Museum is going to even desire to throw anything at the Civil Rights Museum at where Woolworths was. So please keep in mind that, like I said, there are there's rogue people of every race, but especially during this time. And there are people who are coming from different cities and states who want to cause destruction. Cause I'm telling you right now, no person in Greensboro would want to cause destruction to the civil rights museum. It's just not possible. You're just not going to convince me of that. <laughs> no, that's I, period. no, I totally agree. I totally agree. And that goes back to like media consumption and whatnot, because the media is only going to share you one side of the story, they're only going to show you black people going into businesses and taking things and destroying it when it's crazy because I was literally on TikTok and Twitter and Facebook and all of that kind of stuff. And it's white people too. It's white people spray painting the side of businesses. It's white people going into Target and grabbing up their Xboxes and PS3s and whatnot. So once again, it's not the black community, but the media only wants to show you one side because they want to they want to dismantle this cause. They want to say, oh, it's not valid. This cause is not valid because black people are going into these businesses and they're taking things and they're destroying it. But you're only getting one side of the story. So really, it's on you. Once again, it's on us white people to get more than one side to the story. Like, I just, and another thing too, that just really, really blows my mind is that people want to make this a political issue. So you're telling me that black life is a political issue. Nah, no, this is a human rights issue. You're so quick to talk about pro-life, pro-choice and your conservative values and whatnot. That's perfectly fine. If you are, if you lean right, if you're conservative, don't care whatsoever. But, you know, you're so quick to talk about preserving life in the womb. And then whenever they come to fruition, if they're black and they get killed, you don't care and you turn a blind eye. Mic drop. I just, it, it just baffles me. It baffles me that this is a political issue. 
when it's not a political issue at all. And if it is a political issue to you, then you probably need to recenter, rethink, and find a higher power that aligns you to lie with the truth because it's disgusting that you would bring politics into people being murdered disproportionately, time and time, over and over again. Exactly. Yes, ma'am, Miss Shannon. And Shannon mentioned a couple minutes ago talking about checking on your Black friends, and we kind of just wanted to also talk about people who are complacent or silent right now. And, you know, I kind of addressed this on our Instagram because I put up a quote the other day, and it's from Dr. King. And, uh, you know, Dr. King has literally so many great quotes. As I said, he's not the emperor of all Negroes, so keep that in mind. But, you know, he did do quite a few speeches that are very powerful. And the quote that I put up says, a time comes when silence is betrayal. And I thought that was so important for this time. Honestly, go and read the whole speech. He has another really great speech talking about the other America where people are pulling that quote where he says, a riot is the language of the unheard. I encourage you to read that entire speech because the two Americas that he sees in 1967 are the two Americas that we still have in 2020. So keep in mind that if you are staying silent during this time, Silence is compliance. If you are staying silent, that means you are okay with what is happening in this country. And you know, that may not be the case for you. But if you're staying silent, if you have the privilege of staying silent, then you have to realize that it comes across like you don't care to the Black community. It, like if I see someone that has not posted anything, has not said anything, about this entire situation, that tells me they don't care. That tells me, oh, because this doesn't affect me, that I'm not gonna be an advocate. So it, in, that, in that note too, I was telling Shannon earlier, I can literally count on one hand, that is one, five fingers, okay? I can count on one hand all the friends who have checked on me during this time. Um, not gonna name them, you know who you are, but I appreciate you guys so much. And then I'm kind of, I'm sitting here kind of wondering, like, where are all my other friends? Where, where are my white friends right now? Why don't they care about how I'm doing when I'm constantly seeing people from my community get murdered? Why are they trying to act like everything is normal or try to get back to a sense of normal? And that, my friends, is what we call a privilege, a white privilege that Black people do not possess. Because sometimes... And Shannon, you can speak to this in a second. But when I turn on the news and I see a black person being murdered, that affects my mood. That affects my entire day. And not just that day, but the days that come because I wait for justice. And for someone who doesn't, you know, keep up with the news or like doesn't stay on social media that much, I understand some of my friends are like that. But by you not posting, by you not saying anything, by you not texting me to check on me, you know, even if you didn't post anything, even if you just text me and said, hey, I recognize this is a very difficult time for you right now. I'm also tired of seeing police brutality on the news. Like, how are you doing in all this? But again, only I can only count on one hand all the friends who've checked on me. And, you know, some of y'all might feel the need to reach out to me after this episode, but I'm gonna just know that y'all are only doing it because I just said it. So keep that in mind. Check on your black friends during this time because we're not okay. 
we're, we're not okay with what's going on in this country and we're tired of seeing our people murdered. And it speaks volumes to me that you're going to call yourself one of my friends. And this is for any black person. It's going to speak volumes to any person in the black community if their white friends are not checking on them, because that says that you do not care. And I want to speak to one point because I think people get confused when you bring up white privilege and they're not necessarily understanding of it and they take offense to it or they get very defensive about it. So I'm just going to read this quote that we have posted on our Instagram feed and we are going to post all of our resources in the show notes, but it says, white privilege doesn't mean your life hasn't been hard. It means your skin tone isn't one of the things that makes it harder. There's plenty of other privileges, socioeconomic, male, heterosexual, cisgender, Christian, able-bodied, but white privilege is perhaps the most enduring throughout history. So when we talk about white privilege and we break it down, like we're not saying that white people haven't been through hardships, you know, they haven't gone through horrific things. Their skin tone has just not been one of those things that they've had to endure hardships because of. So when you wake up every single day, you can't change the color of your skin. And I swear to God, if I hear one more person say, I'm colorblind, I don't see color, that's privilege in itself. So please stop saying that. And um, for me, like, I don't, I just get very worried. Like, I worry about Brendy every day. And I worry about so many of my friends and I don't mean to be emotional or get emotional on the podcast, but like, it's just really hard that one of my best friends has to go through this over and over and over again. And like, I was at the beach this past weekend, like for my birthday and like, yes, I enjoyed myself, but I just sat there the whole time, just like wondering you know, what if the next hashtag is my best friend or what if it's her brother or what if it's her dad? And so for me to sit there and just, oh, I'm so sorry. But like, I feel things very deeply and to sit there and just feel like so, like I just worry about Brendy every single day. And, you know, I might not say that to her or I may not be vocal about it, but for me, it's like, people just need to understand, like, just because you're white, like, that there is privilege in that and you just need to understand that. And like, every day I wake up, I just like, just wonder, you know what I mean? Like one wrong move, one wrong thing that Brendy says, like, this is getting very personal and we're not very emotional or deep on this podcast, but like, like one thing could lead to her being killed. One thing, she has two brothers. Like, she has two brothers. You know? Like, it's just scary. And people need to wake up to that. And they need to understand. I shouldn't have to worry about my best friend all because of the color of her skin. You know what I mean? Like, it's just infuriating. And I'm sorry, like, Brandy, I am sorry that I'm crying. Like, <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, it's just really, really scary to, like, wake up and, 
you know, I can walk through the world and it's perfectly fine. And then my black counterparts can't, they have to worry, you know, like they have to have, they have to have this talk. Black parents have to have this talk with their children. Don't wear a hoodie. Keep your hands out of your pocket. When a cop approaches you, you say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. That shouldn't like a kid should have to worry about, you know, going outside and figuring out what game they're going to play next. Not, am I going to get shot because I'm walking down the street at nine o'clock at night with my hood up, getting home from little Johnny's house in the next division over, you know? So it's like, these are the things that black people have to worry about. These are the things you should walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. Obviously no, like we can't change our skin color. I think it would be an eye-opening experience if there was all, all of a sudden some medication that allowed us to switch skin colors for a day. But sadly that science does not exist. So it's up to us white people to sit down and do the work, do the work, put your, put yourself in other people's shoes for one day, for one day. Imagine waking up and not knowing if you're going to come home that night, all because you made one wrong move. That's not even wrong to begin with. George Floyd was trying to pay with a $20 bill. Do they even make $20 fake bills? Like, I'm just asking, you know what I mean? Like, that right there, like, look at the little things that you do each day that are microaggressions. Micro because I'm sitting here and I can say I'm woke and I'm Brendy's best friend and, you know, I'm an ally for the black community. But what are the little things that I do each day that contribute, toward, contribute towards a larger problem? It's called inherent bias. Look it up. Learn it. Because there are little things that white people do each day that you can say that you, I mean, you could be a full out white supremacist. And if that's your case, that is alarming and that is scary. And that is a whole nother podcast topic that you need like medical treatment, help, mental facility type of deal. But as a white person, you know, I can sit here and I can say that I'm an ally and whatnot, but there have, there has to be different ways to show up. It extends far beyond just posting on social media and whatnot. So I'm sorry for going off on a tangent. I'm sorry for getting emotional on this podcast. That's, that's really not what obviously we're about. We don't want to sit here and make people cry, but this is what it's come to. It comes to us sitting here on Squadcast, which is basically like FaceTime, crying towards each other because I'm nervous that at any given moment I could lose my best friend all because she's black or that she can lose her brothers all because they're black. And that goes far beyond Brandy's family. You know, I worry about that for every black person. And that's just a scary thought to have. And that is privilege. Waking up, you obviously people go through hard things, but white people your white colored skin is not one of those problems that you even have to worry about. You're automatically going to be looked at different because of the color of your skin. You're automatically going to get the promotions. You're automatically going to get the interview. You're automatically going to get, you know, no one's going to assume you're shoplifting in a store. So just sit down, have a deep, first off, have a deep conversation with yourself I think that's what it comes down to. Have a deep conversation with yourself and what you're doing wrong and then reach out to your black friends and then reach out to resources and then donate and then protest because it starts with us. Literally. And as, as Shannon was talking, it's so funny because as a black person, I'm constantly thinking about how I'm perceived, especially when I go in public. And Shannon mentioned, you know, like shoplifting, for example. So here's a 
cute little anecdote for you guys to show you the reality of this. So yesterday um, we were doing like some yard work and we didn't get enough soil. So I had to go back to the store and, you know, just get another bag. So I texted my sister because she had been to the store earlier. So I was like, Hey, like which soil did you get? Like I was, I couldn't find it in the store. She was like, Oh, it's outside. Like, you know how some stores will have like their soil or like their flowers and stuff like lined up outside. So like I first walked in the store and I like couldn't find it. So then I walked back out And then as I was walking to go get the soil and then, you know, kind of walk back inside the store so I could go pay for it, I was like, I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, like, I hope no one thinks I'm trying to steal this or like, man, I hope people realize that like, I'm about to go pay for this. Like, I hope that the lady in the store doesn't think that, you know, I stole something when I was in here. I hope that she doesn't think I'm trying to steal. So like, that's just one example of something that literally happened to me yesterday that shows you the reality of what it is like to be a black person in America. And with that being said, too, like, just remaining silent is not an option at this point, because, again, that shows you don't care. That tells me that you don't care. And don't be afraid to call people out either. Like, if there's so many people who feel like, oh, I can't do anything, I can't say anything, you can use your voice, you can use your platform, and you can call people out. You can educate yourself. We have a bunch of resources for you guys. And also, like, with speaking out to, I know Shannon and I have talked a lot a couple, the past couple days about influencers, social media influencers specifically, and how they use their platforms. And you know, Shannon and I have many opinions about social media influencers. If you guys have listened to, um, I think episode three or four, we talked about them, but if you are a social media influencer, you need to use your platform to make a change in this country because you have hundreds of thousands of subscribers or followers and you have influence as a person in the social media realm. But understand that you posting one thing saying, oh, a cute little, cute little drawn graphic of George Floyd saying justice for George Floyd. Sorry, that's bare minimum behavior. And I don't mess with bare minimum. So what you need to do is use your platform provide people with resources, tell them books, tell them places to donate, put your money where your mouth is. Because my problem too with influencers, especially during this time, and even just the average person, if you are someone who is white or even non-black people of color, or yeah, non-black people too, um, if you are someone who loves black music, loves black culture, loves black hairstyles, loves black fashion trends, loves black slang that you incorporate into your everyday vernacular, um, why can't you show up when it matters? If you're going to constantly post about your favorite rap songs and go to Coachella and do these different black hairstyles or black fashion trends, why can't you show up for my community when it actually matters? And that's for influencers and for the average person, any non-black person. You have to do the work. You have to make people aware this is a problem and you have to take action. And I'm not saying that, you know, you have to post on social media, but I'm saying like, because I know some people do just post on social media because it's a trend right now and they don't want to see be seen like as an other or like they don't care. But I'm saying like, take action with that. Like, that's the first step. Like, what are you, what are you saying to the people in your lives who are racist? That one uncle that you have, what are you saying to him? What are you saying to your coworker that makes a racist joke or says a stereotype about a person of color? 
what are like that's what I'm concerned about because racism is so insidious. It is embedded into the fabric of our nation. It is in every system in this country. So when you say you're colorblind, first of all, a privilege and not real. Um, so be cognizant of what you can do because stop saying, oh, I feel so overwhelmed. I can't do anything. I don't know where to start. Google is free and we're going to give you some additional resources too that we have compiled and they're going to be saved on an Instagram highlight. We're going to be continuing to share resources over the next few days as well. And last thing I'll say about this again, you, I'm not going to thank you influencer or regular person for posting about black lives matter because again, That's bare minimum behavior, BMB. Why am I going to say, oh my God, thank you so much for using your platform to say that my life matters. Do I look like a fool? Do I look like a fool to you? Why am I going to thank you for doing the bare minimum? Just keep that in mind. And so with that being said, moving forward, it is, I mean, it's always been important to Brendy and I, point blank period, to bring, bring on a diverse population of people onto this podcast as guests, but moving forward and especially, you know, as this continues and we see, you know, hopefully convictions and more arrest and so on and so forth. We really want to bring on more black people onto this podcast and more people of color onto this podcast to talk about social justice, to talk about activism, to talk about really any facet of life, actually, not even just those two things, because we really want to amplify black voices during this time. That should be the goal year round. But really during this time, I think a lot of people's eyes have been um, opened let me not make up terms now. A lot of people's eyes have been open to the fact that there is a serious issue in this country. And so it's really especially important to Brendy and I that we are that go-to for you all for a one-stop shop for resources. And so the more black people and the more people of color that we bring onto this podcast and the more that we spread word um, about topics regarding social justice or health and wellness and whatnot, um, we really want to be that place where you can point to and say like, oh, here is, here's my resource for how I learn more about the black community and how how I can be an advocate and how I can be an ally. So that's really our main goal. Um, as we continue to bring on more guests and whatnot, we really truly want to amplify black voices. That is also a popular hashtag going around, going on around on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. So definitely highlight your favorite, um, you know, black artist, black, um, authors, black, anything truly. I don't care if they crochet. I don't care if they knit, hats for little birds on the side of the road, like really anything at this point. So for us, it's really important. So if you have a black person or a person of color that you really want to bring for us to bring on the podcast, please let us know. We don't care how old they are. We don't care what they do. We really want to be a resource to you all. So if you have someone specific in mind, or if you have a facet of something that you want us to highlight, a specific part of social justice, a a specific part of activism that you want us to really break down, this was like supposed to be a mini episode, but obviously it's going to be a little bit longer. We are so down to bring somebody on for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, an hour and 20. If that's what, that, if that's what's going to get the point across to people that this is an issue that we need to solve and that we need to work on. Um, so definitely, I mean, a lot of people who listen to this know us personally. So you have our phone numbers, you, we have the podcast email and social media handles always listed in the show notes. So we definitely want to bring on a more diverse audience. And I feel like we have done a good job about that, but the work is not done. Bringing on one black person, two black people, like that doesn't just like, you know, 
label us as like some woke podcast. Like we're, we're in it for the long haul. We're in it for the long haul. We're not just sitting here and saying, Oh, we're going to bring on one black person and that's going to be the end of it. And like, we did our work, like pat on the back, blah, blah. No, it's going to be a weekly thing. It's going to be a monthly thing. It's going to be the duration of this podcast thing, which hopefully lasts forever. So, you know, hit us up, let us know who you want us to bring on because we'll bring on anybody, male, female. We don't care if they're from, you know, Africa, Australia, Kentucky, California, anywhere across the country. Um, you know, we have the internet for a reason and we have been able to remotely record. So anybody who wants to come on the podcast that can shed light onto these issues or bring, you know, awareness or additional resources in really any facet of life, we are more than happy to bring on. Um, it really just takes you all telling us what you want and what you need during this time. What do you need to know? Like what resources can we find for you all to wake up and understand what's happening in this country? Exactly. And with that being said, let's get into our tangible takeaway for today. So Shannon, do you want to talk a little bit about like your, your birthday thing that you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. So as I mentioned before, I was at the beach this past weekend and while it was an amazing trip and I had such a wonderful time with my boyfriend the whole entire time as the news channels were switching and as I was getting on social media, I just really like something just didn't sit well. Something in me was like, I'm turning 23 and George Floyd will never see another birthday and Breonna Taylor will never see another birthday and so many other black lives will never see another birthday because of the injustice that's happening in this country. So I basically posed a challenge on my like my personal Instagram um, saying that for people to donate $23 or anything that they're capable of, because I understand that, you know, obviously a lot of people are out of work right now. A lot of people are budgeting in different ways. This is an important cause. So stop spending $5 at Starbucks every day and donate. But I basically asked people to donate $23 to the NAACP legal defense fund, legal defense fund. Sorry. That's like a whole long word. Um, and then screenshot me and send me their donation and I will match it up to $500. So, and honestly, I'm more than willing to go beyond that. If people really, if this is going to pick up traction, but either way, I'm still going to donate. I'm going to match. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Um, and the NAACP LDF is not the only organization that we're saying to donate to. There are plenty of other organizations. That's just the one that has really stuck out to me. Brendy has mentioned the LDF on this podcast before. Um, I have followed them for a while. I've really been educating myself on them. Um, and so they do a lot of great, important work. So it's really important to me that whenever we're donating, we're donating to places that are obviously vetted, that are doing the work, um, that can show us what they're doing. So I will say it again. Again, if you go to the link in my bio, we'll also leave it in the show notes. Donate $23 in honor of me turning 23, but also in honor of Black Lives who will never celebrate another birthday. And I will match all of that up to $500. Which is also very awesome because, you know, I ain't got money laying around like that. So clearly Shannon's a baller and this is a really great opportunity to give back to the nation's premier league fighting justice. So make sure you guys hop on that. But also we wanted to tell you guys some other organizations that are also doing some great work. This is obviously not an exhaustive list. We'll probably put even more on Instagram in the coming days, but these are just a few. Um, Shannon's already mentioned the legal defense fund. Um, Another great one. If you want to donate specifically to George Floyd's family, um, the George, 
the George Floyd Memorial Fund will have, and we'll have all of these linked down below on and on our Instagram. Um, the George Floyd Memorial Fund is a great organization to donate to. It's just like his family's GoFundMe to help with legal expenses, the funeral, things like that. Um, there's also the Minnesota Freedom Fund. Um, that's a community-based nonprofit that pays criminal bail and immigration bonds for individuals who have been arrested while protesting um, police brutality. Also, keep in mind that your cities also have their own bail funds. So, you know, if you want to donate to like the Greensboro Bail Fund or the Raleigh or the Charlotte, wherever you live, like just look it up and get connected with them because there's going to be continued protests for what seems like a while. Um then also there's the Black Visions Collective. This is a Black, trans, and queer-led organization that is committed to dismantling systems of oppression and violence and shifting the, um, shifting the public narrative to create transformative long-term change. There's also Reclaim, Reclaim the Block. This is a coalition that advocates for and invests in community-led safety initiatives in Minneapolis neighborhoods. There's Campaign Zero, which I also donated to, um, and I'll put this on my Instagram story, um, my personal Instagram story if you guys missed it, but basically I donated $25 to Campaign Zero. Um, this organization, if you don't know, was started by um, some like act, some very prominent activists in um, the Ferguson area after the Michael Brown shooting, um, so that's a really great organization. They have an online platform, and or they are an on online platform and organization that utilizes research-based policy solutions to end police brutality in America. And to speak to this organization, if you guys have heard of um, Brittany Packnet, I think is how you say her last name. It's Miss Pacchetti on Instagram and Twitter. And I was on her Instagram the other day, and you know she's one of the prominent activists that was in Ferguson at the time, and they kind of started Campaign Zero out of that. But she, one thing that I thought was so fascinating because she was responding to someone's comment, kind of saying like, "It feels like you know there've there've been so many protests, so many riots since 2012, since 2014, and nothing's happening." And she responded a very long comment to them. But one thing that stuck out to me was that she said, "Before 2014, and before." her and so many other activists started connecting um, with organizations and make, and advocating for these policy changes, there was no one, no government organization, no mainstream media keeping track of police deaths or, um, or deaths of people at the hands of police. No one was tracking police brutality until literally six years ago. So that's something that's obviously very important to me. And specifically, I really like Campaign Zero's work. I really like the podcast that so many people who work with Campaign Zero are on. Um, so that's one reason I chose to vote to them. And the last organization is Unicorn Riot. This is a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to exposing root causes of dynamic social and environmental issues. And... I know we weren't really planning on talking about like the books really. Well, we mentioned a couple, but I just wanted to mention a couple other ones and like podcasts as well. Um, so one podcast that I really like is Pod Save the People. Mm. I love listening to Pod Save the People. I literally learn something new in every episode. It's hosted by, I'm not even going to try to say everyone's names, but DeRay McKesson's on there. He's a prominent activist. Uh, Brittany Packnett that I just mentioned is on there. Um, I'm just going to say everyone. And then Clint Smith, the third is on there and then Samson Yahweh. So those four people are always bringing on like different guests, people from like the Obama administration, people working in government, people working in nonprofits. So they always have really great conversations and it's very enlightening. 
So that's a really good podcast to listen to. And then it's very educational too. I yes. will say, um, Brendy back whenever the primaries were happening, I was talking to Brendy and I was like, I feel like I just need like a one-stop shop to learn everything about every single candidate that's, you know, running in the primaries and Brendy directed me to pod save the people. So, um, they do a really good job of breaking down a lot of different topics and whatnot, when it, whether it be, you know, in politics or in social activism and whatnot. So they have a wide range of topics that they cover. They always are bringing on guests and it's extremely informative. Um, it's, it's honestly one of my favorite podcasts to date. So Brandy put me on, so now she's putting the rest of our listeners on, too. Yes, and Shannon already talked about the book she's currently reading, which is White Fragility, um, and that is by Robin D'Angelo. And the book I'm currently reading is um, The New Jim Crow, Mass Incarceration, Mass Incarceration in the Age of Colorblindness by Michelle Alexander. Um, I feel like a lot of people go to these two books, and there's so many more, um, when they're really trying to start understanding race, the prison industrial complex, all kinds of things, white supremacy, et cetera, et cetera. So those are just some really great examples. And Everything will be linked in the show notes, and we're going to be posting resources in the continued days. Also, if anyone just like wants something or like wants somebody to talk to about their experience, any black people, anyone in the community, I'm here. You can just DM us or DM me on my personal Instagram. I'll definitely respond to you because this is a difficult time for literally everyone. Um, so with that in mind, um, I guess we can wrap this up, but I just really wanted to end today with a quote. If you haven't seen it on Instagram, you're not following the right people. And it's a quote by Desmond Tutu. And it says, if you are ne neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. Silence is compliance. Silence is complacency. And that's not okay with us. And also just know that this is not the last time that we're, we'll be discussing social injustice, racial injustice, anything like that. This is really the beginning. Um, like Shannon said, we're going to continue with it. Just let us know any areas specifically you want us to dive in further. Um, and make sure you guys are connected with us on Instagram at not your average BS. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Also, just let us know what you thought about this episode. Um, I know a lot of people have been kind of trying to shift gears recently and just really focus on the issue at hand, which is police brutality. So thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Mm -hmm.